Welcome to Tower Talks with Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast. And now for your weekly recap, a timely review of this week's top headlines and takeaways. Here's your host. Welcome to Inside Towers Week in Review. I'm Leslie Stimson, Inside Towers Washington Bureau Chief. With me are John Salantano, our business editor, Sharp Smith, our technology editor, Jim Fryer, our managing editor. This episode is sponsored by Inside Towers Intelligence, a quarterly market report that dives deep into the wireless infrastructure ecosystem. It looks at market trends, capital expenditures, relevant M&A transactions, and more. Intelligence is designed for managers, marketers, and investors. Our Q1 2022 issue is in production and will be available soon. An annual subscription to Intelligence also includes an exclusive briefing and online support. For more information or to subscribe, visit InsideTowers.com intelligence. So, John, this week you did a, a piece about inflation and the tower industry. Tell us about it. Well, Leslie, we're all <clears throat> experiencing a, a different economic environment than we were not so long ago with uh, inflation creeping up, uh, gas prices at record highs, um, interest rates uh, going up as the uh, as the federal banks, uh, central banks try to uh, control inflation. So we, you know, we were wondering, well, how is this really affecting our business? You know, how is it affecting the tower business? So uh, uh, we thought, you know, to get a, an informed opinion, we reached out to a couple of experts in the field, uh, Michael Demita at uh, Tower Capital Advisors and Clayton Funk at uh, Hulahan Loki, uh, who are involved in their day-to-day business with um, uh, tower M&A activities. And uh, so we want to gauge, you know, the state of the the economic environment from uh, what they're seeing. And uh, so we came at it from a couple of aspects. First of all, how is inflation affecting the uh, tower growth revenues? Namely, you know, a lot of master lease agreements have uh, escalators built into them. But in North America, those escalators tend to be fixed, whereas internationally, they tend to be tied to consumer price index or, or local inflation rate. So um, long story short, the, 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 there is good news that the, the tower business is pretty stable and really not a whole lot has changed. The biggest impact will come when um, the, the escalators are supposed to kick in. So typically they're at a two to 3% a year increase rate uh, with inflation running several times that then they're not really going to be able to catch up and and uh, and stay on pace with the current inflation rates. However, um, organic growth is still strong. Uh, by organic growth, we mean adding new tenants, adding new sites, um, and um, expanding or the revenue stream uh, that way. That hasn't changed. Uh, if you think about it, none of us are giving up our cell phones. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're using them more than ever. And uh, so the demand on the network is such that the carriers need to keep expanding their their coverage area and their ca- capacity handling capability. So from that aspect, tower business is, is alive and well and really no change from what we've seen even a few months ago. And even going back into last year, um, 
where all the tower companies reported um, you know, strong earnings and uh, and really increased their guidance for um, for um, revenues and profits and, and even capital investments for the coming year. Uh, tower valuations, as a consequence, have have not changed appreciably either. Uh, towers are tower multiples these days are in the high twenties and the low thirties, and um, the economic environment really has not uh, had a, a big impact on that. Um, there are some small tower tower owners, small companies that own a few towers that uh, might be looking to sell now uh, in anticipation that you know the economic the economic environment may not be as favorable down a few months down the way. But uh, by and large. Uh, the business is holding up well. Uh, there's the deal making has slowed a little bit, uh, but uh, the indications are that there's a pretty robust pipeline in the in the works. And um, you know, we were told by our experts that uh, we should expect um, a flurry of deals in the second half of this year. So all in all, I think uh, given uh, despite the the economic uh, uh, environment we're living in, uh, the tower business is alive and well and um, is performing uh, better than the rest of the economy. So we'll keep an eye on it. Thank you, John. Sharp, you're going to talk to us about a new 5G chip. Thank you, Leslie. You know, the U.S. has been known for designing uh, chips and uh, not necessarily uh, making them, but uh, but definitely designing them. And, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, pretty obvious that the... Uh, uh, the future of, uh, of wireless and uh, is is dependent on uh, an increasing uh, increasingly uh, high higher tech uh, silicon chips and uh, uh, the whole thing is uh, is incredible to me uh, just to begin with and they they do so much in such a small space and uh, my story uh, this week is about a San Diego company called Edge Q, and uh, they have taken uh, basically all the all the uh, functions of a base station and put it on one chip. And it's uh, highly programmable. It's open RAN, and it can do it can be used for a radio unit. It can be used for a distributed unit, and also uh, a central unit. So it has all sorts of different purposes. And where that really works, uh, works out nicely is that uh, it also reduces the cost of the, uh, of the chips. When you're looking at uh, uh, production, uh, if, you can, uh, if you can take three different functions, instead of developing three different uh, silicon chips uh, and drop it down to one, it uh, your your uh, your economies of scale uh, leap immediately, and also it goes inside inside these uh, uh, G node Bs, and it combines uh, uh, functions that were used by different different uh, chips within the within the G node B. So we're talking about about five different uh, functions, you know, CPU and uh, uh, and that type of thing, all put together on the same chip. So, what this means to uh, to a small cell is uh, 
instead of have, uh, passing the uh, the energy from one chip to the next, it all seem, it's, it all happens in the same chip. And uh, speaking with uh, a fellow named uh, Adil Kadwai, who is the uh, head of production management at EdgeQ, he said that um, uh, the uh, a lot of energy is uh, dis, uh, is burned up going from one chip uh, to the next within the uh, within the node. So when you uh, when you combine all that functionality into one chip, all of a sudden you've got a chip that only uses one fifth of the uh, energy. So we're talking about more energy efficient and um, and also another side benefit is that uh, uh, for for every and we spoke a lot. Uh, you know these these ships can be used. You know, amazingly enough, they can be used for uh, 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 for anything from Industry 4.0 to fixed wireless access to outdoor macro cells. Um, but uh, I think. Uh, we spoke mostly about uh, small cells uh, because uh, it's it's such a an area of growth. Number one, and uh, number two, uh, it really uh, uh, has uh, needs to cut costs. You know, we have to have small, uh, low cost small cells for uh, for that industry uh, space of the industry to take off. So. Uh, one of the things that that cutting the power needs of the uh, of the small cell allows you to do is uh, it allows you to use a lower amount of power, which which uh, allows you to use uh, power over Ethernet. Uh, so essentially, for every small cell out there, you're cutting the the uh, the power cord. Right now, you have to power. You have to have a PoE cord, and you have to have a power cord because the power needs are greater than you can use over power over Ethernet. So, uh, by cutting one cord for each one of these uh, uh, these small cells, it cuts a you know cuts a lot of the cost out and uh, and simplifies the network. So, this uh, was the uh, First time uh, EdgeQ announced this technology, uh, they said that as far as where it's at in in terms of uh, production, uh, it's uh, it's now being sampled and trialed by OEMs and operators worldwide. So uh, I think it's early days, uh, but uh, uh, you know, within a certain period of time. We may see these these uh, the, these chips showing up in uh, products uh, provided by really any any manufacturer. So uh, the the big question I ask them is, well, where will it be made? They said, well, you know, uh, it could be made anywhere. Uh, they're they're right now they've got uh, uh, Taiwan is there going to be the uh, um, the maker of the chip, but uh, when the uh, U.S. Uh, has the, the manufacturing capacity, it will be made in the U.S., which is uh, uh, a big, a big, uh, a big push right now in the U.S. So, uh, like I said, early days, but uh, looking at technology and seeing the future, the future always begins with chips. 
So we'll see where it goes from here. Thanks, Sharp. That was interesting. The FAA on Wednesday urged the chief executives of major U.S. airlines to move quickly to address risks from 5G wireless rollout. Um, he wants them to work on retrofitting their radio altimeters. At, this is acting FAA Administrator Billy Nolan. He said in a letter that was reviewed by Reuters that AT&T and Verizon want to begin transmitting 5G operations on C-band frequencies in July using some towers around airports that haven't been uh, used yet and restoring others to full power. The carriers delayed those operations twice to give the airlines more time to upgrade or fix the radio altimeters. The last delay was for six months, which ends July 5th. Radio altimeters tell pilots how close the plane is to the ground. They're crucial for bad weather landings. And concerns that 5G could cause harmful RF interference with the altimeters on nearby frequencies led to disruptions at some U.S. airports earlier this year. Nolan urged airlines to press ahead with retrofitting the radio altimeters, um, saying, quote, there are no guarantees that all large markets will retain the current safeguards. And the FAA has been urging the airlines to move on this for months. Um, the FAA said it's in the early stages of working with AT&T and Verizon to, quote, identify markets where either a new tower or an increase in signal power will cause the least disruption. There's been several rounds of talks. There was a round this week. Um, Nolan said in the letter, we are working toward an equally aggressive schedule that would necessitate the completion of retrofits for the third and largest group of planes in 2023. And he said that um, right now, Verizon and AT&T plan to pursue a full roll rollout of their networks by the end of 2023. And he, uh, Nolan also said, an additional 19 radio altimeter manufacturers are expected to enter the market. Uh, hopefully um, they'll employ some kind of voluntary mitigations and that would help uh, this whole situation progress. Verizon said it was working with the FAA, the FCC and the aviation industry and was confident it would achieve uh, what it's calling robust deployment of C-band without significant disruptions to the traveling public. AT&T didn't comment for this piece. Airlines for America is an industry trade group. It represents American Airlines, Delta, United, and others. It said the industry recognized, recognized the need to implement a permanent solution. Um, some airlines have raised concerns about paying to retrofit altimeters, only to face paying for replacement in a few years. Nolan said without additional action by the FCC to cap transmissions at currently attainable power levels, the prospect of additional disruption remains. So the Wireless Infrastructure Association had big news this week. They've named a new uh, president and CEO. He replaces Jonathan Adelstein. His name is Patrick Haley. He actually starts August 1st. 
He hails from U.S. Telecom, the Broadband Association, where he has been Senior Vice President of Policy and Advocacy and General Counsel. He leads the association's policy development and advocacy efforts before the White House, the FCC, and other regulatory agencies, courts, and in-state capitals. WIA Board Chairman Jeffrey Stoops, who is President and CEO of SBA Communications, said, we are extremely pleased to announce Patrick Helley as our next president and CEO. He called Patrick's broad regulatory, legal, and trade association experience in telecom makes him the ideal person to lead WIA into the future. He says he's a proven manager and he has deep knowledge of and experience in advocacy, which is, you know, the primary mission of WIA. And, uh, W. Uh, Halley, um, he said, in our biggest cities and smallest towns and everywhere in between, the infrastructure deployed, operated, and managed by WI members has enabled the wireless revolution transforming America, and it will be the foundation that ensures the United States is the global leader, the global leader in 5G connectivity and beyond. So most recently at U.S. Telecom, Halley shaped several major U.S. communication policy, policy initiatives, including the broadband title of the infrastructure law, including its ongoing implementation, and also data-driven national broadband mapping. He has spearheaded efforts to modernize the nation's communications policies and oversaw the expansion of U.S. Telecom's industry traceback group, that's the FCC's registered consortium, which fights illegal robocalls. So before U.S. Telecom, he was a partner at the communications law firms Wilkinson Barker Nauer and was the executive director of the Next Generation 911 Institute. He also served in several roles at the FCC, including he was a legal advisor to a chairman two wireline competition bureau chiefs, and as associate chief of the wireline competition bureau. He went to Catholic University and Columbus School of Law. So that's good news for WIA. And um, that's it for us. We're going to wrap up this edition of Inside Towers Week in Review. Thank you for listening, and we will see you in a week. Thank you for listening to Tower Talks. To subscribe to our podcast, our daily newsletter, or use our other industry resources, please visit InsideTowers.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Tower Talks from Inside Towers, the wireless infrastructure industries podcast.